When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess. For elite athletes only. Right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Hi, Jared. Welcome to Diddy TV. Hey, thanks for having me. It was just, it was a really rocking set. I mean, that was amazing. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. You know, I've got a great band back of me, a couple of uh, fantastic singers in the band as well, and we just try to put on a good show. Well, this is your first album you put out recently, self-titled, yes. Jared Deck, and um, amazing uh, group of uh, songs you put on the album, um, and sort of amalgam, I think, of a lot of the work that you've done over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted to sort of go back a little ways and talk a little bit about you. Sure. And how you really got started as a musician in the business, because you weren't always a professional musician. You went, uh, you had a lot of jobs. Tell us about that. I grew up in a small rural town of 1,200 people on a family farm. And my folks also worked, uh, owned the family grocery store right there in our hometown. When I was in college, I worked in the oil field. I roughnecked for a living to pay my way through school. And then after school, I worked at a little factory outside of the college town. I worked out there for a few years until all all of our jobs were outsourced. They brought us in for a meeting and told us about it, and it was a pretty rough day for everybody. And I was lucky to be so young. I had a lot of friends who had made entire careers out there who weren't as sure was what they were going to do afterwards. But I think the the lesson that I learned is that that American spirit of, you know, whenever you're down, you just pick up the ball and you keep running with it and you keep going and you keep growing. And that's what I took away from that. Well, and you did keep growing because you um, you got a job in a church. Yes. <laughs> as the pianist in, yes. a, in a church. What happened there? How did that come about? Sure. You know, that was an interesting interesting moment. I grew up playing in church, uh, played in churches all across Oklahoma. Uh, but that was a moment where I was looking for an extra job. I decided to start a business. I was looking for a little extra money. And I was looking through the newspaper, and I saw a... Is this before college or after college? This is after, during, this after, is after, after I lost my job. After you lost yeah. your job. <laughs> after, after we all got fired that day. Uh, well, we, you know, over time. But uh, I answered an ad in the newspaper. It said, a company's needed, uh, Bethany Baptist Church. And I called the pastor, and we were talking on the phone for about five, ten minutes. And finally, he hits me with the question. He says, have you ever played at a black church before? And, of course, I mean, I... You know, I just didn't, I had no idea, and I didn't grow up in a very diverse community, 
And I said, no, sir, but I, you know, I can play a little bit of blues and a little bit of jazz. And Had you ever played in a church before? Or? Oh, yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I grew up playing in churches. But, you know, it was just an entirely new experience for me, walking into a new culture, uh, into a new atmosphere, a new musical atmosphere. Uh, but it became a lifelong lesson for me. You know, what I learned musically and what I learned from the way that, the way that I was treated there, I was just, I was treated like gold and, you know, highly appreciated. And from that experience, I was able to take away, you know, how we're supposed to treat each other as humans. Well, and you're playing music every single week. So it's a beautiful experience, I would think. Yeah. Um, so not only from the people perspective, which had to have been very encouraging, but also musically speaking, um, just being a part of, of that musical environment day in yes. and day out. It was like I was receiving an entirely new musical education, even after all the years of piano lessons and voice lessons, you know, I was once again, learning something completely new uh, in my late 20s. And you picked up a guitar along the way. When did yep. that happen? I picked up a guitar in college. Uh, I, you know, I learned just enough to kind of get myself by. Not as good as I am at a piano. But, uh, but it was definitely, it was, you know, that learning process for me, you know, I feel like a student of music all the time. I'm always trying to learn something new. I'm always trying to get better each and every day. So when did you start um, playing songs that you had written? I mean, obviously you're playing in church, and now you're, I'm assuming you're gigging someplace yes. outside of church. And so when did that happen where you transitioned to writing and, and singing your own music? Well, actually, I started writing my own songs in college, and I started out as the world's worst songwriter. I mean, you couldn't ask for songs that were worse than the ones I was writing at that time. It's a craft. that People talk about it being it a is. craft, but it is a craft. It is, and, you, and it takes time to develop. Um, but I just stuck with it. I never, I have this problem with my brain where it doesn't really tell me when I've failed. I just keep working and just keep trying to get better and better every day. And eventually you write a song that's decent and you think it's the greatest thing in the world. And then six months later you think, oh, that was terrible. I hope nobody hears it. But, you know, just tr keep trying to grow and get better. I hear that from musicians over and over again that they look back and say, oh, I don't like that song anymore. Yeah. Or... I've evolved as, a, as an artist, and I'm in a completely different, you know, music or style yeah. now. And that's part of it as well, right? Absolutely. You know, and for me as a songwriter, I write a lot of songs about failure because that's what I'm most familiar with. And, uh, and e each song that I write, I think about, you know, the lesson that I learned from the prior song. And I'm trying to think about, well, not only getting better as a, as a songwriter, but becoming a better human each and every day. And, you know, just growing musically, but also growing as a man. So let's talk about the album for a second. Yeah. Where did you produce it? Uh, it was produced by Wes Sharon at 115 Recording in Norman, Oklahoma. Wes is a fantastic Grammy-nominated producer. Uh, he's worked with John Fulbright, Turnpike Troubadours, Parker Millsap, The Grams, many. A lot of Oklahoma artists. Absolutely. Definitely a lot you of Oklahoma. You guys have a lot of uh, talent coming out of Oklahoma. Yes, I think so. You know, and, and I... We don't have a lot of artists because we just don't have a lot of population. <laughs> <laughs> but what comes out of Oklahoma seems to be quality. And I think that there's something to that. You know, in Oklahoma, we don't really have an ivory tower upon which to look down on the people. So you really have to experience things in our state. You really do go through and learn those life lessons. And that's what I think everybody writes songs about. And for some reason, people seem to attach to that. Do you think there's a common thread among uh, Oklahoma musicians um, musically or even, um, you know, some of the stories that you tell in your songs? Is there, are there common themes there? 
Well, I think there's an authenticity there. Mm-hmm. Again, like I was saying, you know, we don't really have that ivory tower. You know, that we're, you know, there's not somebody up in a you know, uh, skyscraper building looking down, writing up, writing songs about the regular people. You know, it's just this is who we are. This is how we were raised. This is what we're going through. And you're getting that true-to-life experience in the songs that I hear from other Oklahoma artists. So on the album, what role did um, Wes Sharon play? Uh, you know, influencing the songs and the production of the songs. Um, sure. What was the role? Uh, Wes has kind of become a musical partner for me. You know, we've done two albums together now. And he would say that his job is to keep me from getting in my own way. Uh, but he, add, he, you know, he adds as much as he, you know, as, as he subtracts sometimes. I, Wes has got a great ear for music and a great ear for quality. And, and that's really what I'm looking for. You know, I'm looking for someone who's you know, going to be open and honest with me and tell me whenever, hey, I think you can do that better. I think you can write that better. And that seems to be Wes's, Wes's preferred role, not to mention that he's an amazing engineer and a ranger as well. So you have some really, really interesting songs and lyrics. Um, so tell us a little bit about Bully Pulpit. Uh, it's a new record, and I'm very excited about this. You know, I have always sort of uh, compartmentalized my different influences in life. I kept the, the gospel music at church, and I kept the country music at the honky-tonk, and the rock and roll at the biker bar, and et cetera. And with Bully Pulpit, I, I was able to really finally kind of combine all of these influences into one album. And I think that the common thread that you'll hear is my voice. You know, that's, uh, it's definitely a growth album for me vocally and just constantly trying to improve and writing songs that challenge me. Do you think the Bully Pulpit is, is, harkens to your message and, and the platform that you have as an artist? Absolutely. You know, I, I worked in churches for years, but I also worked in politics before. I ran for office back in 2008. What office did you run for? State House of Representatives. And I lost by 2%, <laughs> which is, it's you know, a very narrow margin, very narrow margin. I was supposed to lose by a lot more. But I think so. you're having more fun now. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely having a lot of fun now. But, you know, between those two, between politics and growing up in church and you kind of grow up with these expectations and these expectations that are pressed upon you as a child, as, you, as an adolescent. And as an adult, you start to figure out what expectations you want and which ones you don't want and making decisions as a man for the way you want to raise yourself and raise your family. And Bully Pulpit, for me, really speaks to that. I think that I'm touching a lot of subjects that a lot of people care about, whether it's you know, loss of a loved one or looking around at our social environment across our country and wondering what in the heck is going on. Well, and I know at some point in your life you thought, hey, I want to leave Oklahoma. I want to yes. <laughs> just do anything. I want to get out of you know, where I've grown up and, and do something different. And you've learned something along the way, I think. Um, Absolutely. You know, I grew up uh, with that, I think, the same thing a lot of kids in rural America grow up with. We have that love-hate relationship with our hometown. When we're kids, we feel like the hometown is pushing us out. And then as an adult, you feel like it's pulling you back in and that you can't get away. And at some point in time, you have to reconcile the way you thought you were going to be and the way you really are. And for me, that was, that was just a, a big life lesson. And even though I never made it out of Oklahoma permanently, <laughs> um, I've come to appreciate where I live, come to appreciate where you're from, and that where you're from, the people who are around you, the community that raises you, that shapes you into something that you wouldn't be that if you were anywhere else. And if, and if you can't be happy with yourself, I don't think you can be happy at all. 
You know, I think that's a very good place to end the interview. I think that's a wonderful message to leave with folks. I just wanted to say uh, thank you for stopping by. We hope everyone runs out and buys uh, yeah. uh, the music. Was it, is it on your website? Yes, jareddeckmusic.com is the perfect place to find my music. You can also find me on Spotify, iTunes, uh, Diddy TV, of course. Diddy TV, of course. Yes. And uh, I'm on social media, at Jared Deck Music, across the, across the Internet. Well, of course, I would encourage anyone to go see you live. You're an amazing artist in live performance. Thank you. And we wish you the best of luck and come back again. Well, thank you very much, Amy. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. With one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar. You're in. Cool. <laughs> yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.